Hola Madridistas, welcome back to another episode of Left Spirit Podcast. Um, pretty eventful game, to be honest. Las Palmas, we knew they're going to bring the style, they're going to bring the flair, they're going to bring the dare, you know. Um, they're not your average Liga side. They used to always have the uh, front foot style of football, you know, being part of their, you know, uh, being part of their central philosophy, basically, you know, even going back, you know, five, six years when they were, you know, last in um in the top flight they were pretty you know attractive to watch and obviously due to that you know a joy to play against let's be honest but that's what we want um although it might not you know really you know do their fortunes any favors this is what we want to see you know open-ended football you know teams really giving it a go last while was down to the 87th minute you know they're they're trailing two nil they still are not letting go of their principles you know playing out of the back uh, trying to keep the ball, um, staying true to you know what they believe in. So big up uh, Las Palmas, man. Um, they they have the most possession after the top two, top two, top two. You know Barcelona and, and ourselves. You know they they keep the ball with some some style, but uh, yeah, my main gripe from tonight is basically the very fact that we kept shooting ourselves. You know, um, on on our feet. Um, time and time again tonight was a perfect opportunity you know to put the madrid derby fiasco behind us and basically put out you know a proper statement in terms of the scoreline and we had the opportunity and we just didn't take it it could have been four five six nil easy easy but we just i don't know maybe didn't want it enough or maybe wasn't lucky enough i i just can't put it down to just poor quality up top, you know, because we did create some nice chances, but it wasn't meant to be 2 nil. I'll take it uh, and I'll run, you know, and, you know, hopefully pray that we kind of take some positives from uh, tonight to, you know, the big one to surprise legal leaders. <sighs> Not in a million years, you know, I would have thought that I would consider Girona as one of, you know, early front runners for the league. But that is what uh, 2023, you know, has brought to the table. Um, and they have looked absolutely scintillating, you know, the few highlights I've watched. I haven't really watched any full games, but I've been keeping a keen eye on Girona and they look like, they look like the real deal, man. Only, you know, the only thing is just early parts of the season. But uh, without further ado, welcome my esteemed panel, Mo and Jacob. I'll come to you first, Mo. Um, how has it been going? How was the day? You know, did you expect much more from our performance? I don't know, man. I don't know how to mm-hmm. answer that question. We all expected mm-hmm. a bounce back, right? So, right. Yeah, there was a bounce back. Uh, we all expected a dominant display. Apart from the goals, I thought that we were pretty dominant in the game. Uh, you know, t- till the time we scored the second goal. I think after that, we kind of like let go of the pressure pedal and started absorbing more pressure from Las Palmas. So for me personally, yeah, this is what I expected. Uh, perhaps more on the you know goal scored column, but you know we only got two. Um, but it, that is how it is, you know. We, the players, the players we have, you know, on the field. I, I don't know. I, I really don't expect uh, too much more. Mm. There you go, folks. You know that that's the that's it. You know that's the tale of the times, basically. Because rewind back to the era where we you know we were dominating Europe and and, and Spain with BBC. We would expect goals galore, you know, on a game against Las Palmas, unless it's away where it's always been tricky at home. You would fancy a good, good route, but not today, not tonight. Um, Jacob, man, what's your thoughts? Yeah, man, uh, this game was completely different for me, at least, uh, compared to the other games that we've seen throughout the season. Uh, it was akin to the athletic club game where the other team didn't really turn up. Like Las Palmas, uh, just coming into the preview, just where we were previewing the match, we were mentioning they had the best defense in the league so far. They've conceded only four goals until now. And I just couldn't believe what I saw on the pitch in terms of their defending. And uh, I had some really hair-pulling moments as well. When they were having a makeshift centre-back partnership. I think it yep. wasn't their ideal. Yeah, they had a pairing. red card mm. in the previous match. Uh, mm. So I guess that played a factor as well. But you know, overall as well, like uh, they just weren't at the level of uh, Real Madrid on the day, and but still, like uh, in the second half, it was just easy going. 
for me. I, I almost felt like lighting a candle, just putting on some nice music and relaxing. <laughs> uh, but the first half, there was definitely some hair, hair scratching moments, you know, uh, with Jose Lu and everyone missing the chances. 100% big up everyone in the chat. Uh, smash the like if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Also, um, friendly reminder again, you know, Football Content Awards, we are finalists in two major categories, you know, one for the best international podcast and one for best international uh, club content creator. So the link is in the description, unlike last time where it was whole lot messy uh, through Instagram and whatnot, you know, people people who didn't have Instagram were actually, you know, reaching out to me. Um, why Facebook and whatnot, you know, asking me, is there an alternative way? And last time, I didn't really have an answer, but this time it's pretty easy. Uh, you go down to the link is in, uh, link in the description, you go to their website, and uh, in the aforementioned categories, in the drop-down, you know, it's it's fairly simple, fairly easy. Let's be real, a real metal podcast. Uh, we have one of the finalists just vote for us, and uh, yeah, I can't stress how massive um you know uh, an achievement would this be for us you know in a very small um you know career you could say or you know very small time you know actually devotedly you know doing um what we love talking about our club and you know covering our club uh, in all ways possible yeah fam um it'll be it'll be a big big thing that you know we owe to you if you actually you know help us manage um managers over the line but yeah let's get into you know the games uh we have a few comments already from ashik um let's let's quickly he was saying top two is girona and real madrid not us and barcelona just saying um he has his you know usual sly humor out um big up ashik though always um i can't read all that essay man honestly because <laughs> that's gonna take half an hour but uh, big up Rudrajit Sinha uh, as well. Uh, he was saying, I can't believe this Levin won the match. Well, uh, Jude missing out. I was I was thinking, what's going on? You know, maybe he isn't really fit. Maybe the uh, you know the the, the uh, stomach issue or something or virus or something he was having uh, would be uh, a factor in, in that. And um, yeah, Brahim at a 10 first game. Starting at home, I didn't really know what to expect, but it was pretty nice, to be honest. For large parts, Brahim looked like, you know, the guy that was connecting, you know, the midfield and the attack. Um, a much more natural, you know, number 10. He has played that countless times. Um, well, what better note than to begin on, man? Mo Brahim Diaz, uh, this is a position that's familiar to him. You know, he has uh, applied his trade. Uh, quite a lot, you know, even in Milan, you know, where he was the guy um, at 10. What what was your expectations when you saw him in the lineup and how did it unfold on the pitch on the night? Yeah, for me personally, I think that when I saw the lineup, I was a little bit scared because I don't really, I've said multiple times, I don't really like the diamond formation, like mm -hmm. for this current group of players. But mm -hmm. I think uh, what Brahim did better than I expected him to do but we also have to understand that the fact that you know uh, Ancelotti made subtle changes in the game during in, in, in while the game was playing out. Uh, Fede kind of drifted wide, and you know was stretching their back line. So we sort of had a pseudo four-two-three-one thing going, you know, with uh, Fede, Rodrigo, and uh, Brahim, uh, you know, combining well in the high, higher up the pitch. So for me, that was a highlight. You know, it wasn't essentially a true like, four for two diamond that we have seen so far at Real Madrid. And I think there's something that probably people might not like hearing, but I thought that uh, Brahim played uh, the role of a ten much better than Bellingham plays. You know, uh, creating chances for others. You know, dribbling, taking players on, creating those passes uh, through the lines and everything. I think that connecting plays, combining with Rodrigo, going out to half spaces. These these are the things that I think. Uh, you know, Brahim showed today that we don't really see from Bellingham. So I was I was quietly impressed with his performance. I was disappointed when Chalori took him off at mid-55 because I think he deserved to play the full 90 based on his performance. Although I'm not sure what his stamina is like because if I remember correctly, at Milan, he had a tendency to get withdrawn early. So it is what it is. I would have loved to see him play more. But overall, I think his performance is pretty good. And, you know, he deservedly got the man of the match. Hundred um, percent. 
Although I would, I would, you know, like I completely agree that you know Brahim looks like a much more natural ten, but let's be honest, you know, Jude has to, f- Jude, Jude actually had to face much tougher tests. Yeah, beforehand. I, I mean, that, that's a valid point. The fact of the matter is, like, Jude is a better player than Brahim currently, uh, but like, you know, Jude is scoring goals. So at the end of the day, football is about scoring goals. You know, Brahim also got one today, but we'll see if he can, you know, get the same number of goals going forward in the chances he gets. You know, but and with Ancelotti, you never know if we get the chances. Mm. <laughs> My God, remember there was a time where you know Carlos football used to be so exciting that it was only a matter of time, you know, only a matter of how many, you know, and and not uh, if and how, you know, um, back in his first in. But Jacob and Brahim Diaz, um, man of the match for the night. Did you think that he got his plaudits deserved? Did you think that? This was a long time coming since he has always impressed, you know, whenever he he had a cameo appearance. Yeah, I mean, um, he did all of the right things. He was positionally very nice uh, compared to Bellingham, I guess. Uh, but again, this is like a very weak team. But uh, you can only face the teams put in front of you. So I feel like he did his job well. The only thing is that I felt like earlier on in the first half, uh, he was a bit nervy for me. So he kept missing some of the through balls. And then you remember he was also through on goal uh, very early on and uh, he basically took a very loose touch. So if he gets all of those nerves ready, just a bit more match time, I feel like he can be a very useful player, especially against these uh, bottom table La Liga teams. Uh, what I didn't like uh, about like this forward line, like uh, just with context of Brahim like playing through the middle is that Joselu was push, pushed out wide. So you could actually see him put in those crosses to fucking Rodrigo and Brahim uh, from the right and the left-hand side. So that wasn't fun to watch, but it is what it is. Man. That used to happen regardless of who was on the pitch. I always thought that, you know, like maybe it's, uh, I think maybe it's a fault of the design, mm-hmm. you know, of, of the formation where, you know, like even when Jude is on the pitch, like I, I see... I mean, with Jude um, on the pitch, I, I, can under, I can totally understand like putting in the cross, right? Jude can mm. get it to it. But when, mm. when it's Prahim, I don't know. Man. But the thing is, bro, like if you go out wide, what else is there to do? Apart from maybe, you know, putting in a cross or, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. passing it back. The point is like, it's not about... Uh, it's just hoping badly. for the best. Yeah. Uh, there, that, is no, there is no, you know, deliberate... Yeah, design yeah. to this you should you should remember that no the bad thing about right, this, this is, is desperation Jose Lu is pushed out by opinion, why is he playing there? my opinion is the fact that Jose Lu so far like you know whenever we see him he struggles a little bit in the build-up so I think there there is this um decision you know there is this attempt to make him get more comfortable you know uh, drifting out wide, participating in the build-up, you know, holding up play, combining with others in the half spaces. I think when Real Madrid are progressing the ball, you know, uh, in matches before this, we've always had this issue where you know one of our wingers would get the ball deeper, mm. and they wouldn't really be able to progress the ball further. One of our midfielders would get the ball. So I think in in these situations, you need your striker to help out. Uh, ideally, you know, you would want your number ten to do that, and I think today Brahim was also doing that to some extent, and Hoselu also maybe made an attempt. Uh, for me, it wasn't a big issue because, you know, as the play went on, that sort of like kind of got adjusted and uh, Jose Lu had a lot of chances, you know, in the half places inside the penalty box. A lot of them, which I think he should have buried, but, you know, it is what it is. Jose Lu, we always know he needs five to score one. So. Mm. Sanfia on Jose Lu, let's talk about him. Before we actually, you know, break down his performance, um, you had a very good point over there, you know, more like... Uh, this might be a de- you know a genuine attempt to actually you know get him to be more on the ball you know get his confidence up and whatnot. But um, I have a slightly different perspective. You know this formation, its front two is basically is basically expected to be comfortable going out wide, comfortable you know drifting out wide and you know providing some sort of width. Because apart from the fullbacks, this formation is super narrow. So at times where it's too flogged, you know, uh, down the center, the 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 front two has to, you know, put in a shift to go out wide. The only thing is, we know when you see a six foot four man doing that, it's just not natural, and you know, you can clearly see it's not his, you know, um, strong facet. But um, let's get into a few of the comments. Ricardo was earlier saying over here, um, I can't give any conclusion until we win convincingly against a strong opponent. Based off of tonight's performance, the opponent was inferior. So, yeah, it explains pretty much 
everything ricardo big up yourself that's the thing right like playing against las palmas hetafe even sociedad you know who gave us plenty of problems it's fine but when you come up against a proper side all these all these you know um confidence this 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 spice we have it just you know I mean, clean lucks like at, at mm. the end of uh, atleti post match right mm-hmm. uh, we knew that you know remember was going to bounce back and all the criticism that we had like about the 442 uh, in that may, might con- you know might come back and bite us in the ass but the thing is like you can only use these sort of games to build yourself up and you know try new things so yeah at the end of the day you can only decide how good a team is with how they perform in, in the key moments you know in the big matches so so far we had one big match against atleti that you know we didn't do well we had one decently decent opposition in la real probably you know struggled a bit at the start but recovered and you know did well at the end so it's a, it's been a mixed bag so far we'll see how it goes we still have to play barcelona we still have to play napoli in the champions league you know i don't really know what's happening at napoli and what sort of team they will be when you play the next week uh, girona is going to be an interesting test you know coming over the weekend but at the end of the day you can only play against the teams that are you know put up in front of you so we take it as it goes mm. definitely been a mixed bag like i can't really vouch for any any sort of any sort of a string of results you know on on like what like what you know ricardo was saying this performance is just yeah something to calm your nerves something to you know get that uh, Derby loss, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, in the, in the, put that in the rear view mirror, basically. Um, Ashik was saying, man of the match today is Las Palmas' wingers for not dumping crosses, giving us a clean sheet. <laughs> there you go. You know, I mean, they, they, I, I remember they had like one, uh, one good cross when Marvin came, like Marvin Park, when he came on, he had one good cross. I, I, that's the only one I remember. I think that was like in a pretty dangerous area. But overall, mm. I think they, they, they did put in some crosses, but, you know, Rudiger, uh, you know, he held back. He didn't kind of go chasing the ball all over the place. And, you know, he held his position. And we were able to deal with them. But towards the end of the game, I think there was definitely some moments where they put in some good crosses and, you know, we had some nervy, let's say, nervy dispositions towards them. Rodrigo was uh, pretty, pretty good today. But again, this isn't exactly the caliber of opposition we, you know, would like him to be pitted against. But, uh, yeah, he had a good outing. I'm going to lie. Um, unfortunate about Alaba's injury. Since we're on the centre-back topic, we were on the Hosselu topic, we'll get back to it. But since we're on it, um, Alaba, man, again, another injury. Apparently, Rudiger also had a, you know, slight niggle. Um, how peak is it, Jacob? You know, <laughs> just headed into October. It's not just Where about things October, are gonna, it's not just that. Yeah. We had seven matches to play, we had eight injuries so far. Fucking it. <laughs> We're getting more injuries <laughs> than matches played. So, uh, again, like, uh, Athletic, uh, Athletic Madrid also has had, like, really big injuries. For some annoying reason, Barca seems to be escaping it from for this season. Uh, so far, at least. But let's just hope, man, like, uh, this bad run of... Uh, Injuries just stop after a point, and you know, once the season gets going, we ha- all have all of them back fit and ready. I just really hope, and because um, going up against Girona away, if it's only Nacho and someone like Marvel, what's what is the plan? You know, because I really don't know. Um, so, is very hopeful, you know, taking names like Castilla players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody's I think Chomini is who, who else? is going to play center back. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Like, who else is is going to actually help us out? Like, Chomini does he have actual experience like Casemiro playing center back? Because I don't know. I've never seen him play center back. Me neither. I haven't even heard him play center back. So, man, it's it's not ideal at all. Like, Maybe why are we what? That that's an option, but my man is the size of my 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 <laughs> right thigh. It's a... yeah, I know, I remember. Like he he put in a performance, but that was like last stitch, basically. Yeah. That's what we got to you know call back on. Why didn't why why didn't he start today? Because just easing him in, yeah, basically. Coming back from injury. Yeah. Mm, okay. Okay. Understandable. Right. Um. 
it's not looking ideal honestly the center back situation is not looking ideal so many of the departments not looking ideal another department that we are you know super thin on hoselu my god you know in the first half i felt like he had a calling a calling to what i a calling from 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 devil himself cuz cuz the amount of chances that he was you know being given honestly i i i felt he sacrificed for some some good maybe in the latter stages of the champions league this season honestly some sort of a some sort of a ritual going on cuz like all credit to yas you know like uh, the last palmas keeper he was exceptional on the night um like the commentator was saying you know like his his you know his uh, value is going to rise you know over, over overnight because of because of this performance but um let let's be honest here if hoselu was actually a bit more clinical like he he put in a lot of venom behind some of the shots i understand the keeper stood tall stood firm but if it was benzema if it was haland harry kane you know you name you name any top striker they would be getting at least a brace maybe a hat trick Let, let's be honest let's be honest like the first half a brace and including the second half they should be getting the match ball and walking off around minute 60 that's how easy it was against las palmas if um, if i guess las palmas he couldn't do the job what is he going to do against a top class opposition mo we all know that his weaknesses are you know really out there for everyone to see you know it's out there in broad daylight but when in real match situations you you see it with your own eyes um how can you console yourself i know he got a very good goal that header is is world class not going to lie that header alone if you look at it in isolation it's brilliantly executed direction the power involved the angle at which it was sent in you know brilliant effort but before that it, it left me wanting so much you know your question was like how do you console yourself there's a line that mourinho said if you can't hunt with a dog you hunt with a cat so you know you go and hunt with a cat that's what we're doing right now with hoselu like whenever you watch hoselu play you can understand like whenever he has to score with his feet he kind of rushes his shots so that is i don't that i i don't don't see that that is something that he's going to improve Uh, you know that is the difference between a striker who's at the top is at the top level and a striker who's like below that uh, when hoselu was signed we all said you know like personally i wasn't even actually in favor of signing him but when he came on it was like yeah he's a good player he can be a good backup but he's not a starting striker material for real madrid you know but the, for whatever reason uh, we won't go into the specifics but like the, the real madrid board decided to you know hoselu was going to be the only signing in the, at the striker position so it is what it is i mean there's a difference between the likes of benzema haland and all those players you mentioned and the likes of hoselu there's a reason why those guys get paid the big bucks and you know hoselu is like on loan basically costing us like 500,000 and like 1.5 million euros in wages or whatever so there's a difference and you know you get what you pay for for me it's jacob any thoughts yeah i mean uh, you compare all of these other guys right uh, today on this match it wasn't about his uh, ability on the ball or like his finishing ability or what not i feel like he did miss that uh, chance very early on like it was pretty much an open net he missed that and i feel like his whole mentality changed like he was he even he couldn't believe that he missed those things and that just kept building on and it made him more and more impatient on the pitch and you know when when we actually scored with brahim uh, that weight was lifted off and then he could actually when he put his mind to it i feel like he can put uh, these chances off but uh he has to watch out for his uh, overall mood and you know he shouldn't let things in the match uh, affect him uh, jacob i do agree with you with the fact that pressure was building when he was in scoring but the fact is like even w- based on what we have seen from his previously you know he, this guy is like somebody who's really has trouble scoring with his feet there's a reason why you know he left the academy and went on the world tour that he went on so mm-hmm. for me personally he's pretty good aerially and i think that's his redeeming factor when hoselu is on the pitch you want to ping in crosses and hope you know he buries one of those headers in but when if you are playing playing him through putting the ball at his feet you know there were a lot of chances where he was like literally open there was nobody marking him with rodrigo you know rodrigo also i wasn't really happy about his performance today but with rodrigo you at least see like there are like two or three players surrounding him the defenders pressuring him hoselu was like in open space you know he had a lot of time to take a decision 
I think it's not just about rushing shots; it's also about making the right decision. I think that's what like you know differentiates top level players from players below that level. I think if there was a Benzema or if there was a Lewandowski or you know a Haaland, they have this ability to make that second decision. You know, players like Hoselu, they're also you know obviously Hoselu could run rings around me, but you know. He has that ability. He doesn't have that ability to make that decision in a split second. You know where he's gonna place the ball, where how is he gonna shoot, how much power he's gonna apply. So top level players have that, and I think Hoselu doesn't have that. It's it's not his fault. He's like he's supposed to be a backup. Abraham Rudy is not supposed to be a starter. That that, that Rudy Gachams, you know, where he basically dribbled like he was, you know, fucking Desaili, um, past couple of players, and you know. Like that was basically like sort of put it on the plate. De Bruyne level ball man, that was really nice. Hundred percent. It was he had like at least a good thirty seconds to decide how to execute the shot, place where he wanted to. But yet, the finish seemed lacking, man. Um, like you all pointed out, you know he should be a plan B. <clears throat> That's actually you know coming on maybe towards the last fifteen minutes of a of a game and giving us something different, right? um when you're spamming crosses and you know hoping for the best he's a really good option but uh, yeah when 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 he's starting and being the focal point there's too much pressure you could see how nervous he is honestly you know when the burnabout is actually looking down upon you to actually you know pull something out of the hat hoselu and your guy man honestly um i guess we are going to see more frustrating nights like these you know throughout the season cuz this man unfortunately like what mo said you get what's on the tin you know what's on the description um he isn't really an elite um, center forward right uh, let's put the obvious out of the way we have a few comments um jacob if you can please read out read it out for me uh, especially the urim james one um the, about hoselos placement it was blind venom a little um yeah yeah further back so urim james says it it was a blind venom no placement a few of them were powerful but straight at the goalkeeper yeah. i mean th- that's a that's a thing that you always see with you know shots that are taken prematurely sometimes it would be in too power you know, you know you lack the confidence to place it i think that's what happens when you're rushing your shots with players like benzema they know how to wait and you know time their shots if you remember that goal against liverpool where modric won the ball deep from i think it was steven paretic and you know he dribbled the ball forward benzema gets the ball in the box there like three or four defenders but he still had the foresight you know the calmness to keep the ball at his feet and score mm-hmm. i think that is something that lacks with hoselu and you know other strikers there's a reason why i think you know players like benzema are contending for the ballon d'or why these guys are you know these guys are just level below that i don't really want to be too harsh because hosel is a player i like a lot but you know we have to understand his limitations you know before criticizing him too much so just considering all of these uh, do you think now that vinny is back hosel is going to lose his place i think probably most likely I, the, the the way i see it is like uh, today you know today was an indication about how ancelotti sees like us going forward and you know he came out guns blazing with the 4-4-2 diamond you know brahim playing as a 10 so i think going forward there's no way that he turns up for 3-3 that some of us want you know so i i fully expect him to go back to jude you know rodrigo and vinicius as the starting front three if if you know if you could call that a front three it probably better term would be front two with jude at the tip of the diamond tip of the diamond yeah i mean i guess uh, we can talk about rodrigo's performance then since we're on the front line Yeah. I I mean I was disappointed with Rodrigo today. I expected him to be more, you know, dominant, to be more somebody who would take charge of the attack. And I think I guess a lot of criticism that's been coming against him that I think is valid is the fact that he hasn't taken that leadership role of attack, you know. We aren't we don't have Benzema, we don't have Vinicius. I think a lot of pressure falls on Rodrigo, but I haven't seen that positive vibe from him, you know, that that vibe where you say that I am the man today. Yeah, so yeah, that's something that I think If if somebody could say Rodrigo for that, yeah, definitely, I agree with it. He was he was bright, um, Rodrigo. You know, uh, he tried like he his his application sometimes leaves uh, a bit to be desired, but effort, you know, running gone. No, for for me the thing is like you know it's like 
there is this X factor. When you're playing mm-hmm. the game, you know you are the best player on the pitch, right? Yeah. You have to step up and take responsibility. That is something that I didn't see Rodrigo to do today. Mm-hmm. And you know, the way Real Madrid have been playing in the absence of Vinicius, you really expect Rodrigo to step up. At the start of the season, I, I said that Real Madrid are going to, how far Real Madrid go, a lot of that is going to depend on Rodrigo. So, you know, if Rod, this is the Rod, version of Rodrigo that we have, we are going to struggle. But if Rodrigo steps up and, you know, even reaches his last year's level, you know, because last year he got, he got like, I think, 20 or 30 uh, goal contributions. So, if, yeah. if, if you're not at that level, then, yeah, you know, I don't really know where the goals are coming from. See, that's the thing, you know, Urim James says the same thing, you know, Rodrigo's bright and big an X factor, nothing more. Um, I'm a huge fan. I've, I've reiterated countless times, he is my guy. But uh, sadly, the evidence is even more alarming this season when there's no Benzema, there's no reference point. But I guess, you know, with a proper striker, he would be really good. Yeah. But if you... Mm, go on. Go I, on. I definitely agree with their point, you know, with somebody mm. else around him. I think the, the point is, like, he, Ancelotti isn't really putting his players in the best position. Actually, that's something that we have been harping on. And I think that is something that is on display. Even, like, today, his best plays came when he, you know, sort of drifted wide, started from the left, and, you know, Dribble inside the box. Those and when, moments. like you mentioned in the chat, you know, the 4-3-3 the three, three kind of, you know, helps him yeah, you know, move around in familiar, and, you know. And even areas, when yeah. uh, Ancelotti made, made those subs, you know, Rodrigo was playing centrally, but he, there was this dynamism in the forward line. And, you know, Rodrigo had the freedom to run in behind, make those runs, you know, between the defenders and everything, and the passes were coming. That's when I think, uh, you know, Rodrigo is at his best. And the way Ancelotti is using Rodrigo, and Vinicius, you know, because Vinicius has been injured. But before Vinicius got injured, we weren't really mm-hmm. happy with his performances. All of us, like, we were like, this is not the Vinicius we saw last season. So, like, we'll see how it goes, you know. But with the 4-4-2 when playing them more centrally, especially Vinicius more centrally, uh, I'm not exactly sure how this will go down. Yeah, um, that that's what Farouk was insinuating, you know, a lot of people were actually insinuating maybe he's the guy who moves on but i really don't want that to happen you know i truly believe that you know once a proper striker once an mbappe you know or a Haaland or someone of that ill comes in like you'll you'll see rodrigo go back to his you know actual scintillating best you know uri james is actually pretty bang on 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 the head you know for this season at least you know he needs to be more than being the x factor some of his finishing is very poor at the goalkeeper for the most part yes i agree with it because, um, like, I've always attributed, you know, uh, clinical finishing, you know, precise, incisive finishing with Rodrigo. Because he has the real knack for it. But this season has been very blunt. Um, doesn't I mean, combine... On, mm. You know, from defenders. Mm. Yeah. Like, even in today's game, he got a lot of shots off. But, you know, like, how, how many of those shots were like, in space? How mm. many of those shots did he have time to, you know, time to, you know, consider and take his finish? He didn't mm-hmm. have that. It's like he, he was pretty much crowded. For me, the the bigger issue is the fact that I don't see him being a leader in the attack. Because that is something that I expect from him. For the finishing, yeah, he's missing a lot of shots, but I think down the line it's going to even out. But uh, like you know, is the leadership aspect of it is the taking charge of the game that I expect to see more from him. Without a, without a focal point, I don't think he'll be able to. But yeah, let's just hope he manages to somehow you yeah, know I mean, do some. It's not just about you know like not having a focal point. It's more about, you know, st- stepping up and taking responsibility, trying to be the main man, trying to get into positions that, you know, you can score from. I didn't see that from him today. Today, yeah, I agree with you. But throughout the season, I've seen him taking responsibility quite often, sometimes even more responsibility than he can actually, you know, do justice to, in my opinion. Oh, uh, right. Okay, okay. But I'm just, just putting it out there, right? Like, like he has attempted to, you know, take some responsibility and, you know, like yeah, uh, change the course of a game on his own. Mm. I've always, like, defended him. I've said that, you know, mm. we have mm. to give consideration to what kind of position is getting those shots in. But today, I felt like, given the quality of the opposition, I needed to see more from him. 100%. Um, the cross, though, was pretty nice. Didn't even have to scan the area. He just knew um, where Hosilo would be, how to, you know, how what was the best, you know, um, ball to actually find him. And, uh, yeah, he did it with ease. Um, good, 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 good assist, 100%. It'll, it'll actually help him 
with his with his you know overall confidence because it hasn't really been going um well for rodrigo this season i i hope you know it really he really takes you know some some light you know from that assist because it was much needed because if it stays 1-0 it's a different game you know we we are under more pressure and honestly i didn't see a way through which you know we are scoring the second goal so truly thankful um right moving on from rodrigo um who should be talk about next guys um talk about the midfield as a whole cover it off mm-hmm. you, you could you could kick it off jacob i felt like fede chuameni um kamavinga all had very great games to be honest yeah uh, defensively uh, i feel like com- uh, compared to at least the last game this time uh, valverde had a little bit more time to make decisions he was actually covering for uh, vasquez over there um and he didn't like really have a good partnership with nacho but it's understandable it's nacho uh, but he did some really great things he put some good nice balls in uh, really happy with valverde's performance he ran throughout the game uh, kamavinga as well uh, he was very tight in today's game tried a lot of things uh, chamani um, i would feel like he was the least effective in attack uh, compared to the other two but uh, he did his job Seven out of had a least. good couple of pop sh- pop shots you know yeah. was nice was nice you can clearly see you know when he when he's driving with the ball like he's itching to pull a shot away yeah i'm just like waiting like when will one of these actually go in man like all mm. of these shots are really good like you, you know they have venom behind it you know it's hitting the corner if the defender isn't blocking it but it's just that the defender always it gets to it in the end fair enough more midfield yeah for me personally there wasn't much to talk about in the midfield because i think like you know mm. even the quality of composition and how deep yeah. they were on most yeah. occasions you know, this is the sort of performance you expect the only worrying thing for me was like i i felt like at the start like chuamani i felt uh, not, uh, not at the start overall i felt chuamani gave a lot of cheap balls away like towards the beginning i was like yeah yeah this is like one or two mistakes it's okay it happens but like then towards the end you saw like it happened to you know three or four times and then you're like you know yeah this is a worry and the second thing that i felt was like again valverde was like you know he had issues defending wide uh, you know deeper in our half last game we saw samuel you know like literally uh, hit a cross in his face for more out of the score and you know i felt like you know valverde was there you know with a free ticket to see how you put in a cross <laughs> uh, so today again it was the same thing you know i felt like his deep side defending on the wide areas wasn't really good and uh, but you know going forward they did what was expected of them Uh, Valverde had a lot of you know uh, good uh, runs good catch from the deep so you have to appreciate that while we talk about the bad you also have to definitely talk about the good overall yeah decently satisfied but you know there's definitely room for improvement the quality of opposition really you know makes makes you put this into perspective like on the night i felt they didn't really although i agree with the chuomeni being you know super you know uh, wayward with his with his possession um i noted you know like even even a couple of times especially you know in the second half towards the end down the right he just really didn't know what he was doing but maybe fatigue maybe just uh yeah losing a bit of concentration because I-, i think the win was in the bag by then but um yeah like you said room for improvement is definitely the word um is this let, let, let me let me put this final question before we move on yeah is this midfield setup going to help us in big games against top quality opposition just one word answer yeah i don't want an explanation jacob I mean, what do you mean by like is, is it going to work yes or no is this setup of of chomeni kamavinga fede as a midfield three going to work for me yes jacob yes mo <laughs> I, i i don't really have an answer yeah, so i, I, no I can't really is. give a one word answer Okay then 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 expand on it. Let's hear it. I I think from a pressing perspective this this midfield is pretty good, you know. As long as but from a possession aspect I think Cruz probably gives you more. Which is which is pretty obvious, you know. Pass master. Mm, right. Um we'll talk about the subs towards the end. Go on more. Do you have something to say? No, no. That's... No. Uh... So Ashik changes answer. He said, "Yeah, it could work, but not with the diamond. He wants a four-three-three." Hmm. 
I think maybe one more harsh loss would would <laughs> see Carlo go back to his you know trusted uh, apprentice in in in, in the, the four three three. I can see this. Okay, I'll just uh, like mm. explain why I hate the four diamond so much. You know, mm. whenever we played the diamond against under Zidane, the idea was to like ho- keep possession. You know, mm. to gain control of the ball with mm-hmm. this particular setup of the diamond. I don't really think we do that, and this diamond also doesn't really help in ball progression. So when these two things aren't working, the only thing that this diamond helps is like you know, Jude is like um, further forward and he's in the areas you know to get into areas. He's, he's in Man, Zidane's or even when Zidane also... was playing with Real Madrid, Zidane wasn't playing as a tip of the diamond. What he used to like, they had to adjust basically. Mm. Starting off, you know, off, off wide and towards the left, and you know, start drifting inside. And then you have to understand that when Zidane was playing, he was playing behind players like Ronaldo and Raul. These guys, mm. these guys are pretty good. On the also, yeah, right? Morientes too. Mm. Yeah, yeah Morientes yeah. too. But you know, more Ronaldo and Raul overlap with that. And also, Zidane's diamond had the benefit of two world-class fullbacks, and we forget that quite often. Marcelo yeah, Carvajal. That, that's definitely an aspect of it that we have to keep into mind. But the f- fact is, like, the key idea, the reason why Zidane used the diamond was to create midfield overloads. And he had the players to do that. Players like Isco, you know, Isco was like world class at keeping the ball. Mm. So I, I don't really see, you know, uh, the same from Jude when it comes to those aspects of the game. Jude has like his own strengths, he, his ability to get inside the box, his ability to defend deeper, his ability to play a pass from the deep. I think he's world class at that. But when it comes to combining in half spaces, keeping the ball, you know, rotating position, I haven't seen that from him. So for me, the diamond is all about keeping the ball. And if you aren't doing that, uh, like I have my doubts about the formation. Yeah, the the formation is definitely, you know, um, not going to have many believers. You know, it has retractors even more, you know, than it was uh, beginning of the season. But I truly believe that uh, the 4-3-3 is coming and it's coming thick and fast. Um, because this is not sustainable. I was thinking this was sustainable, but especially with the quality of our fullbacks and the quality of our midfield, the quality of our attack, all in all in tandem, it, it really doesn't doesn't look great. You know, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna dread the day we play a top opposition with with a diamond starting the game. It's gonna go north. Uh, you know, south. Sorry, it's gonna go south pretty uh, pretty quick. Right. Um, Moving on to a defense, Mendy coming back pretty decent. Um, didn't really get tested much. Uh, Jacob was pretty keen on him before we came on. Uh, no, it was the beginning of the pod. Um, Mendy man uh, had some decent, uh, you know, arrays into 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 you know the last Palmas third. Um, had a few good cutbacks. Didn't really you know get lucky with. Uh, Nabin and assist, but yeah, good, good return, yeah, for Mendy. Yeah, for me, it's like, uh, okay, we, I, I don't want to talk about defending because there was hardly any from his side, uh, but mm-hmm. what I saw different from Fran Garcia, at least, he was always at the right time uh, to, you know, keep possession, keep the ball moving, while less, uh, you mm-hmm. can see Fran Garcia just being in the wrong positions at the wrong times, uh, not being there in defense, but Mendy was always there at the right time, and apart from that, uh, he had the know-how and the sense to, you know, calm things down and play a cutback. But you just can't expect that from Frank Garcia. Frank Garcia does not choose his moments. Mendy does. So I feel like that was a difference and it's just encouraging for me to see him back. Experience. Yeah, you could see how much experience, you know, Mendy has. Very, very super composed. Mendy rarely, uh, you know, um, yeah, rarely has to think twice about what he's going to do. Apart from, you know, his, you know, attacking wars. Um, on the other side, um, Nacho went off. Uh, I mean, not Nacho. Nacho had to move to centre-back. Um, Vasquez came on. Backed an assist again. How does he keep doing this move? Um, there has to be some sort of juju at work, like always. But Vasquez, you know, like, given his terrible um, defending at times, the reason why he was, you know, not um, chosen by Carlo, you know, to, to actually start the game. But... Yet again, he he somehow you know manages to find a way. I mean, I think the fact of the matter is like he, when he was running at the op- opposition, he had a lot of space, 
And you have to remember, like, the, how we, the first goal came about. Like, there was a mistake from Las Palmas' defense that, you know... Lucas there was a few the, leading up to it. Yeah, Lucas was in the right position at the right time. So, But still, still, that, let's give him some credit. Some credit. Of course he deserves the credit. You have to understand, like, this guy, the right winger, was, like, essentially playing as a right back. So when it comes to the game going forward, he's always been pretty decent. Yeah, you know, when he's doing this God mode dribbles, you have to pull your hair out. But apart from that, when it comes to crossing, you know, taking, like, you know, being a, a body in the opponent half, I think he's much better than Nacho. But when it comes to defense, we all know that he has his uh, weaknesses and his moments. But overall, yeah, you get what you expect with Lucas. You know, you can't really ask much more. And there's a gulf of a difference between having Carvajal play at the right back end. Lucas or even Nacho. Ashik, Ashik was saying, you know, Vasquez is not a flashy player. He's a hard-working player and just hard work and dedication pays off at the end. He's also playing out of position. Yeah, 100%. Um, Vasquez always, man, 7 out of 10 is, 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 a, is a guarantee, you know, on, on, the, on the checkbook. But Rudiger, like we discussed, had a pretty good game. Um, Alaba, unfortunate. Uh, to to have you know a nickel early on, um, Nacho and Jacob, steady Eddie, steady Eddie man. Like he, he hardly had to face uh, a lot of uh, opposition at, le- at least uh, on his own. I feel like the came, team came together at least uh, in the middle of the park to shut things down. They the opposition did not have any sort of space, so Nacho was helped by mm-hmm. that, but he did not put a, a foot wrong today. I actually disagree with that. I think there was a lot of moments when Nacho kind of stepped up and, uh, you know, quelled the attack before it began. So I think you have to give credit to him there. That's always something that Nacho has done pretty well. You know, he's pretty... Aggressive in stepping step up, yeah. 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 And, you know, killing off the attacks before they even begin. So for me, I, I, I don't, like, I wouldn't say that he was steady. He perhaps a little bit better than that, you know. Nacho for me was pretty good today. But then you also have to consider the opposition, so, you know, with the caveat, obviously. Jonathan, we're uh, running at you is not uh, exactly a scary proposition, but um, right, big one, Kepa had a few shots to deal with. Um, Urien James was actually saying here earlier, you know, Kepa really is playing like he doesn't want to go back to Chelsea and whatnot. Um, last week was pretty horrifying for him. I mean, on Sunday wasn't last week, but yeah. Kind of last week. Um, more, man, Kepa. Um, I mean, with Kepa, I don't really agree with us. The definition that it was pretty horrifying for them. I may perhaps we are interpreting the word differently. Uh, perhaps, like for me, I think Kepa was decent at Atleti. I wouldn't really blame him for anything for the hmm. goals. So I, maybe it's the amount of goals that he consider that you consider horrifying. But you know, it is what it is. Like Kepa, we always know that he's weak at crosses, and the team has to compensate for that. But what he's good at is like shot, uh, making saves and making. The only way a team is compensating for such poor positioning on on aerial balls is basically playing. I don't I mean, know a giant great Kali at centre back. There are there 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 are like certain goalkeepers. There's a style of goalkeeping. Kepa is a different style compared to Courtois. You know, even if you take the best kind of goalkeepers of the style that Kepa is, like it was Ike. Even Iker had troubles dealing with crosses. He had trouble dealing with long shots. So, you know, there's always weaknesses in a player. There's no player who's like completely well-rounded and, you know, zero weaknesses. But when crossing is the most... The team has to deal with it. So, I I felt that against Atleti, he was a failure of the team. I'm not really bashing him for having a weakness. Uh, More, you should understand the fact that when crossing is the most used, last-ditch tactic in the name of the game, to actually, you know, nick a goal, it is, it is horrifying to watch, honestly, because every I mean, the, ball from the like, deep is a threat. Kepa, but the thing is, like, before we signed Kepa, we all knew that this was his weakness. Right? This is what I was, you know, so insinuating even before his weakness he is, came on. The managers hmm. decide that he's going to go with Kepa. If he felt like he, this weakness was a, 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 you know, game ender, he would gone. I would have gone with Lune. Imagine facing City in the round of sixteen, right? Away, first leg would be away. Just imagine, yeah. Four crosses into the box, four goals. What is anyone I mean, he, gonna he do? Four with uh, as well, right? But I'm telling you, four crosses will all that will all 
you have to cover up for no, each so other's weaknesses. I think what you guys are saying is okay, Mo. You're saying this guy has some clear weaknesses. Uh, we can't do anything about it. You can't fault him for that. But uh, what Sunil is saying is that fucking dealing with crosses is like a, a basic uh, requirement for a goalkeeper. And if he doesn't do that, then we're going to yeah, be in trouble. Yeah, that, that's the dif- yeah that, that's that's the point that I'm disagreeing with. It. The fact is like there have been keepers who have had this weakness, right? But the team has compensated for him. So. Mm-hmm. He has this weakness. You've always known that, right? It isn't something that's like suddenly we have found out. It isn't news to us. You've always known that. So the, it's the job of the manager to deal with it, to play around it. If you're selecting him to be your starter, then you have to set up your defense in a way that compensates for it. So that's why I'm not denying that, you know, if, if I had the option going with Kepa or Kutua, I mean, there's nobody in the world who's going to go with Kepa or Kutua. So basically, apart from maybe Winnie, everyone out wide, or in the middle has to double up on the opposition winger to prevent a cross. I mean, yeah, definitely. You have to defend the team. You have to stop prevent crosses. You have to defend the crosses better in the box. I mean, that, that's what the job of a defense is, right? It, it, it clearly impacts our, you know, strength in numbers going forward in transition and whatnot. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see, man. Because this guy, uh, people were slating, you know, the dude um, in one of the fan camps, you know, who was very, very honest where he was saying, Kepa has a problem. And I honestly had a, you know, rude awakening because I used to be be like, you know, what is he going to do? Uh, yeah, his I mean, backup I, I to really Thibaut, you know, like, was it like the we all knew, but bro, when Griezmann, when Griezmann is actually, you know, getting the head onto a ball and burying a header, it's, yeah, it's who's, happiness. Who's the one who is defending him? Who's supposed to be the one stopping him? Alaba and Rudiger, but I completely understand that's that. That's the thing, right? When your defense is not helping you, how much can you put the blame on the keeper? It's a team game, man. It's not about, you know, it's not tennis. There's no only Kepa going there and playing, you know, stop the ball. I, I guess we'll find out in a, in, in a couple of months, you know, round I mean, 16 is in far We obviously know that is weakness. <laughs> I don't really understand what we're supposed to find out. Because you guys are being very soft no, on him. No, it's the you know, fact that we, we, we know that uh, this is a lost cause, right, with Kepa. You can't expect like let him deal with it. We need to find other uh, solutions to deal I mean, with it. at 29, you can't really expect Kepa to suddenly improve his play on process. I mean, I didn't expect Iker to improve at crosses, but, you know, he was a pretty damn goal, good goalkeeper. Mm. Right, I, I just hope, uh, yeah, like, like you said, you know, Carlo devices a plan, but I don't see a plan where, you know, with our current crop of players, with our full-backs and centre-backs as they are, this current I mean, setup. Doing this for free. Carl Ancelotti is getting paid to do this, right? So I expect him to get, you know, figure out a way. I don't think there is a way out, man. But um, yeah, that is the story of this season in many aspects. Just the goalkeeper is the most um, most uh, silly situation. But Thibaut will be back, right, around March or something, right? No, I don't know. March is a long time away, man. But yeah, March is a long time uh, away. If, if what I remember him saying was like. April or maybe May towards the end of the season, but mm. like, don't plan. I think like, the expectation should be that he's not coming back this season. <laughs> Happy days. Um, right. Anything else uh, we need to address, boys, uh, before we kind of you know wrap this up slowly? Uh, Did you think that we missed out on any crucial bits of the game guess, that we didn't touch upon? I guess just the cameo from Marvel. Looking at that. Sebayas' appearance, like his impact for the rest. Oh of yeah, the subs, the subs, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. Anybody has anything interesting to say? Um, I mean, I felt like I already touched upon this. I think I didn't like the fact that Brian was taken off, but Sebayas mm-hmm. came and he, like you know he did decently. I think Ancelotti like sort of like changed his tactics, and initially I was like, yeah, what is he doing? Because he's taking Hoselu off, he's taking Brian off, you know. I thought that he was only going to go with Rodrigo and Vinicius, but he changed his tactics. Rodrigo started playing centrally; he was more dynamic. Vinicius out wide, Fede out wide. So yeah, it was it was decent. I mean, I probably would have preferred Brian to get more time. Apart from that, I don't really have anything to say about the subs. Yeah, hundred um, percent. You should get the guy into some sort of match rhythm, right? Like that should have been. Maybe I don't know. I, I just don't know. Maybe he's preserving him for Girona. I should I should ask Francesco that. Um, no chance, I know, right? Like, but yeah. Mm. For me, the um, only aspect is the fact that Alaba went off injured because I think he missed a lot of games last season as well for the hamstring injuries and you know, again another hamstring injury. So, so it's not looking good, even for hamstring injury. 
I mean that uh, abductor it's abductor right not adductor abductor AB mm. yeah I it, it's the same muscle group like you know abductor is like is a function and muscle we, I don't really know which muscle got injured but right, right. Uh, at you know like reading between the lines I can think that it's like a hamstring injury Rudiger also seems to have some some sort of an issue right so yeah it's peak boys uh, perhaps mm. a better term would be a muscular injury he has a muscular injury not a hamstring a muscular injury even on a night where you know we have something to celebrate especially a win it, it's not exactly looking great but uh, yeah availability fitness and and what not and next week is going to be a stern test a very stern test i just hope we are up for it we have uh, i i really hope and we don't have to play germany uh, at center back because that's going to be tough to watch honestly you know so tough to watch because this guy has been getting some sort of a rhythm some sort of a confidence you know into his game this season has been one of the standout performers and him having to drop out at center back and do the hard yards again no not good you know maybe mm. ancelotti plays cruz at center back as a very deep line player maker oh, oh my god oof <laughs> I'm not ready for it, honestly. Modric was playing the false nine, so you know, you never know what happens. Yeah, he he has the Carlo. I used to always think Carlo really is the guy who plays it safe and uh, and really you know goes by the script. But over the years, especially in his second tenure, he has managed to surprise me the wrong way quite a few times. That uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to Girona, man. Not gonna lie. but uh, yeah I, i guess that's pretty much it people uh, big up every single one of you in the chat uh, who is interacting with this thing like i always say um your participation your 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 you being here and you know basically getting involved in the conversation what what makes us a two way street and this podcast is what this is because it's a two way street and i you know strongly urge every single one of you to you know whenever you get the time come on down and actually you know get um, involved man it's 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 truly what makes us also feel motivated to you know come on and talk about our team even on bad days you know uh, without without stressing on it um but yeah uh, big up to all our audio listeners um on, on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts all of that we are less than 100 away from you know 1000 followers on spotify if you haven't hit follow do hit follow um don't forget to follow up on us real about committee on instagram they're on the brilliant fan page the link is in the description do check them out again friendly reminder finalists your podcast our podcast our dream your dream this they weren't really a real madrid podcast apart from you know the obvious juggernaut managing madrid in existence when we started there were quite a few who were pretty um keen um you know players um you know in 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 the same in the same field but they really couldn't keep up because they <laughs> just couldn't you know do this back to back um grind but we did because we had an obligation towards our listeners you know our very um supportive listeners you know over the course of these two plus years so our podcast is finalists in two major categories at the football content awards the biggest football oriented awards um in the world and it's held in anfield um in in the uk it has uh, the attendance of some top delegates in the footballing world you know top journalists you know top scouts top coaches top players women's players all of that so fca is a pretty big thing and it's an absolute honor i was over the moon when i got the mail that you know we were you know nominated in two categories i was expecting just one but we were actually you know nominated in two categories so do please help us out the link is in the description below it's super easy go on to best podcast under the international category um select let's be real a real madrid podcast from the drop down same thing for the best club content creator international as well um it'll mean a lot people honestly get your friends to vote like faruk was you know always saying 
tell a friend to tell a friend um it really will go a long way and um yeah <laughs> if you have some people off the streets honestly if, if 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 there's a postman that you can you know stop by and uh, yeah make get him to vote amazon delivery driver ups guy anybody man any any and every vote counts uh, it'll truly be a surreal moment if we can actually be on the podium on november the 16th it'll really put us on the map all these uh, epl content creators among them you know we will you know keep uh, the the white flag you know flying high like what faruk was saying it was uh, very well put to be honest because it's all about the matter of representation in my humble opinion more than you know our podcast winning it's it's uh, it's, it's it's really a statement that you know uh, a la liga podcast is actually doing uh, something you know um, in in the world of football content as well but yeah uh, again uh, very humbled by all the messages dms that you guys sent me um, it, it's truly truly i i really look at it before i go to sleep no gonna lie i'm gonna be <laughs> totally honest it it really um, makes me um you know realize you know what we do is is something special and really keep you know keep people company in their walks of life and uh we will keep on doing this man honestly you know as much as we can and it's, it's not easy like like i always uh reiterate we are from different time zones different walks of life juggling uni jobs what not so uh family as well some people have kids uh it's 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 pretty mad so yeah keep showing us love people hopefully you know girona will be a good away trip um so until next time ala madrid ala madrid, ala madrid.